you're listening to the Way Community Church Lakeland podcast, where our mission is to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ, that they might become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope this message from our weekend service encourages you in your walk with the Lord. And now, here's the message. It's important that like, we're not casual about the gospel of Jesus and the things that we believe in. Like, I'm so grateful that we can host this service today, but it's important to know that this building is a shell. Now, I, I, I am praying for its consecration and that the glory of God falls here. And as I, this last year, uh, knowing that we were going to build a church, I started studying the temple and how they would, they would, the tabernacle and how they would pick it up and move it and set it up. And they had all these rituals and they had to do everything just right. And then I started studying the, the building of the temple and I realized almost a third of the Old Testament is about the temple and its building and its judgment and its destruction and its promise and its rebuilding and its judgment. And what I realize is that we are the temple. That's what Jesus is trying to say. Now, the last couple of days, the Lord has been really getting me. I mean, we've been putting in a lot of dangerous hours to get this place right. And, and Lacey and I and Trey and Brady, we want you to know that it's not done. Nothing is, nothing is done. We have a lot of work still to do. And Gail, oh my gosh. I'm like, Gail, thank you. Thank you. Courtney. The, brain, the things that you've, I mean, they, they have, there, there's so, I mean, the list can go on and on, but G- Courtney, Gail, thank you. Uh, and, and Fred, you're obedient to, you know, doing all the things your wife makes you. I, I, it's not fair where to start and stop with who we're thankful for, but I'm thankful for Jesus for this moment. This is an emotional moment for me. Um, but even as I'm here, I feel the Lord like, like pulling me back and rebuking me all week long. And even in this moment, I'm down here and I'm worshiping and I'm, I'm crying. And the Lord's like, Tim, there, there's a problem. And uh, there's so many of us, we're here till a late Friday night, Thursday night, Wednesday night, all of us trying to get all this stuff ready. And some of you are, are, are just here. But what I realize is like, it's, it's not this, like a lot of us are good at doing, uh, but we're not good at being. And um, what's important is where our church is going. So this is just a practice service, okay? This is not going out there to the internet. So I'm just going to be real and vulnerable with you, okay? <laughs> Everyone say, I like my pastor. He's a, he's a nice guy, as I am really mean to you <laughs> right now. I, I, um, let me read you a verse. Would we all stand for the reading of God's word. We're going to start a fast, and it starts today for the next 21 days. And I dare you to join me. I dare you to dare God to move in your life. And if the scripture has this promise, it's age old, and it says, if you draw near to him, He will draw near to you. And I dare you to enter into this fast with me. Watch this. Joel chapter 2 verse 12. 
This is why the Lord says, turn to me now while there is still time. Give me your hearts and come with fasting and with weeping and with mourning. Don't tear your clothes in your grief, but, but, but tear your hearts instead. Return to the Lord your God, for he is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He is eager to relent and not punish. Who knows, perhaps he will give you a reprieve and sending you a blessing instead of a curse. Perhaps you will be able to offer a grain and wine to the Lord as your God as before. He says, blow the ram's horn in Jerusalem and announce a time of fasting. Call all the people together for a solemn meeting. Gather all the people, all the elders, the children, even the babies. Call the bridegroom from his quarters and the bride from her private room. Let the priests who minister in the Lord's presence stand and weep before the entry of the temple at the altar. Let them pray. Spare your people, O Lord. Don't let your special possession become an object of mockery. Don't let them become a joke for the unbelieving foreigners who might say, has the God of Israel left them? Man, this is awesome. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, help. Amen. You can have a seat. He's, uh, Joel's, man, he's trying to wake up Israel. The Lord has told him, let's get everyone to wake up, man. It's time to pray. It's time to pray. It's time to pray. And so right now as your pastor, uh, I'm trying to bring everyone to awaken their prayer lives again. If we were to take a poll, a real poll about how our prayer lives were doing, there would be some real embarrassing stuff going on. Most of our prayer lives, we don't, it's not that we don't pray because we don't know how. We pray because we're bored. We've not learned how to be fascinated with the beauty of God. And I just want you to make time. What matters more on this planet than Him? That we're busy. We're busy doing stuff that doesn't matter. We're busy building things that don't matter. We're busy buying crap that we're going to throw away in a month. We're busy. We're busy, busy, busy. And now we got to get busy rending our hearts before the Lord and asking God that his presence would show up in our lives. Or what if people look at us and go, where is their God? Man. That's such a crazy insult, you know? But people do that. The reason why a lot of people don't want to go to church is because it's fake. It's dead. There's no passion there. The Lord's not moving. But we want to see miracles, signs, and wonders again in the house of God. Amen? We want to see prophecy, and we want to see people touched. We, you know, I dreamed a dream years ago, and, it, and while today is cool, you need to know the grand opening is the 28th. So thanks for being our, our test service today. But um, the dream I have isn't a full building. It's, the, it's people with their hands raised to God and they're weeping because they, they love the presence of God and what it's doing to their soul. 
I love to stand in God's presence. I feel free there. It's like when he's here, everything in my life is perfect. I'm not worried about my children and whether they brush their teeth this morning. I'm not worried about like stuff that doesn't matter. We need to get back to his presence. So today I'm going to call you to a fast. And this is where it determines whether we are going to make a difference as a church or not. I think God does have a plan for this church. And I'm thankful that you love it. I think you love it because you've been touched. And I know that God has greater things in store for us. But I think those greater things only happen if we become a church that gets real about what we believe in. And so what I know is that when Jesus would preach, he was one of the greatest preachers that's ever lived in the whole world, you know. He'd show up and thousands of people would line up on a mountain without any cool bands or lights or microphones. And he'd talk to the thousands. But not all of those people followed him afterwards. And so it's important that we know, are we doing something? Are we going to make a difference? There's a lot of people that are members of our church. Next week is our Next Steps class. And we want to invite you to come out to our Next Steps. Because there are so many things that we need. We need people to help us build this church. It's going to grow. We're going to reach people. We're going to see more marriages restored. We're going to see people saved, healed, and delivered. And that only happens if everyone is helping do something. But it starts with prayer. Rend your hearts. So what does fasting look like? First of all, you need to know what your pastor is asking you to do is awful. This is the worst grand opening, ribbon cutting church service you've ever seen in your life. But here's what I know is that when Jesus said, if you want to be my disciples, you have to hate your mother and father, sister, daughter, brother, in comparison to your love for me, or you're not worthy to be my disciples. He laid it out there, man. He wasn't trying to like ask you to join and then tell you what it was going to look like. He said, don't bother. This, this isn't the church for you if you're not. He'd say, hey, look, if, if you're not worthy, if you're not willing to carry your cross, then you, you can't be my disciple. He said, if you're not willing to give up everything you own, then you, you can't be my disciple. And we want to be Jesus' disciple. We want to look like him, sound like him, love like him, be merciful like him, be generous like him. Everything that I have learned, like I wasn't raised in the church. I understood what love was the first time I fell at the foot of the cross. Changed everything. Now I know how to love my wife, love my children, love people that are unkind and rude and selfish. Jesus taught me that. And I want to be like him. And this is how we do it. We enter into prayer. It's not religion. I don't need you to just memorize a couple cool scriptures. We're not asking you to build anything anymore. We're asking you to pray and fast. So here we go. This is where the sermon starts. Now, nope, I'm going to tell you about fasting. What is fasting? <laughs> fasting hurts. If, 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 it, if it doesn't hurt, you're not doing it right. 
Um, fasting is not just giving up social media. Let me make sure you understand. Th- that, that is also fasting. Uh, but that's what the Lord has been telling you to do. Don't, don't just do it now. Okay? Fasting isn't just not watching television all day long. It's, it's, it's also that. But fasting is going to, you, you're going to give up something in your body that you love. We give up things we love for things we love more. That's one of the values of our church. We say this all the time. And if I say that I love Jesus more than anything in my life, my life is going to show it. So I'm asking you to understand that your fast isn't better than mine. My fast is not better than yours. Does that make sense to everyone? So you don't need to compare your fast to me, and I won't compare my fast to you. All you got to do is do what the Lord is asking you to do. Obey him. That's when you're doing it right. So husbands, look at your wives right now and say, don't judge me. (laughs) I'm going to do what Jesus told me to do. All right? And so what I want you to do is, if fasting may be skipping breakfast, but if it doesn't hurt, you're not doing it right. Fasting will come with a headache. It'll definitely annoy your spouse. It'll annoy your children. I get grumpy when I'm, when I'm fasting. Why? Because fasting is everything that God's been trying to deal with in my life coming to the surface. And now I'm getting to see what everyone else saw all year long. And so what you're doing is, is you're giving up things that you love. I love food. I love double-stuffed Oreo cookies. I love... A late trip to the refrigerator. I love slices of cheese. I love Reese's peanut butter cups. I love McDonald's salty French fries. I, I, love, I, I, I love a lot of things. I love coffee. Uh, and so I'm going to make it hurt. And whatever it takes. And so what some of you are going to go, but yeah, I messed up. I'm going to quit. No. Uh, it, 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 my son's a baseball player. And he's pretty good. I think he's really good, actually. I'm pretty proud of that little guy. But I can't tell you how many ground balls he's missed. But if he quit because he missed a ground ball, well, that's not the way this works. And so, unfortunately, there's a lot of times when I'm fasting and I see a a bowl of M&Ms and I just accidentally throw them in my mouth. And as soon as I crunch and bite down and the sugar oozes through my body, I I realize, "Uh uh-oh, I shouldn't have done that. You just start back over. See, why are we talking about this? Because... While this was corporate worship, I'm going to show you what real worship's going to be like. What real worship is going to look like is when your tummy says, I'm hungry. And your soul says, I'm starving for the presence of God. And you have to choose what you want, what your soul wants or what your flesh wants. And I want to do things that no one else has done on earth before. And some things only happen when we learn a lifestyle of prayer and fasting. Does that make sense? Cool. What else does fasting do? Uh, Fasting doesn't make God love you any more than he already does. There's nothing you can do that can make God love you more. He loves you just the way you are. But it will make you love him more. It uh, will empty your heart of all others. I think it was C.S. Lewis that said, we no longer hunger for the things of the presence of God because we've eaten so much of the things of this world. And so what happens when we're not hungry for prayer or for scripture or for righteousness or the presence of God, it's because 
we're overstimulated by watching Avatar and all the other stuff that we're doing. We're just so many senses all day long. Quiet those things and spend some alone time with the Lord and read, fix your life and what is the vision for my life and where are we going, God, and what do you want to do with me and, and, and can you actually focus on something that the Lord is asking you to focus on for a few moments? I'm teaching you how to walk with Jesus right now. <clears throat> what else does fasting do? Um, fasting is not, fasting and praying is not fasting and starving. It's, it's fasting in prayer. It's spending time with Jesus. So if you're not eating, but you're not spending time with Jesus, that's called a diet. That's not what we're doing. You don't need to understand that. What we're trying to do is when Jesus was in the wilderness, before he started his ministry, he was water baptized. The very next thing he did was he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And he was tempted by the devil. And there he said, and the devil said, well, why don't you, if you're God, turn that, those rocks into bread. And Jesus said in Matthew 4, 4, it, 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 man shall not live by bread alone, but by the, every word that proceeds the mouth of God. So this is what we eat this week. We're going to read the word of God. We're going to read the word of God. We're going to read the word of God. Pastor Tim, I haven't read the word of God in a while. I get bored. I'm a mind you. Read, read, read the gospel of John. Just, just read the gospel. It's so, so wonderful. It's Jesus' best friend, closest disciple. And, and the, the, the way that John writes about the Lord, it's beautiful. Uh, or read the Psalms. Um, what else do we need to know before my sermon starts? Uh, you need to know that fasting does have major health benefits. Uh, uh, many doctors say, uh, including weight loss, improved blood sugar control, heart uh, health, brain function, cancer prevention. Your body will detox junk. And uh, what I, what's odd is I always think that I need coffee to get the day going. But when actually when I start fasting, after I get past day three, my brain like has focus. Why, don't, why am I ever eating then? That's what I begin to wonder. But, um, uh, but my sacrifice is not better than yours. Yours is not better than mine. Don't brag about fasting to others. Jesus warned against this in Matthew chapter 6. He said that if you tell others how great you are and how spiritual you are because of how much you're doing, then that's your reward. Good job. They think you're really wonderful. But if you do what no one else can see, then your father who's in heaven will look down on you and go, I'm so proud of you. Today, church, real religion starts on your knees when no one else is around. And before Jesus taught us how to pray, he said where to pray. He said to go to your secret place where no one else is and shut the door behind you. That's my truck. I love to pray in my truck. I'll pray in tongues driving down the street. And uh, I just love to just drive and, uh, or just park somewhere and sit. The objective of this is to give up things we love for things we love more because we want to fulfill the first and greatest commandment that Jesus said. In Matthew chapter 22, he said this. He's, um, verse 37, Jesus replied, You must love the Lord God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, 
Uh, and, 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 and this is the first and greatest commandment. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all of the prophets are based on these two commandments. I love Jesus, and many of you love Jesus. But I, I, this morning, I, not part of my sermon, but I was thinking about how many of us did all these great things for the Lord. And I really felt the Lord rebuke me right here with everyone here because I was getting all cool about myself. And, and I remember the rebuke that Jesus gave this guy in front of a crowd. They, uh, they came to him and, and uh, Jesus said that we've healed the sick and we've cast out devils in your name. And Jesus said, depart from me. I don't know you. In the last day, he said that's going to happen to many people. And we're going to come to him and say, Jesus, look at all the things that we did. I've done a lot of cool things for Jesus in my life. I've had the ability of building orphanages. Now my first church, together, you, we did this. We built these things. We've done a lot of cool things for Jesus. But I, I, I want you to see this in the heart of the Lord, what is, matters most to the Father, to your Creator. I'm going to take you in Scripture um, to a place. This is really all of the sermon. It's condensed into one story, and it's going to be short. So I was trying to scare you there, talking about fasting that whole time. But I just want to show you the heart of God. This is a short, short sermon today because the objective is thank you so much for everyone that has given and served and worked to make this place home. It already looks to a lot of us like this is too small, right? Uh, well, God's got a plan. He knows what he's doing. He's been on the throne for a long time. If you have your Bibles, you want to turn with me this morning to Luke chapter 10. And so all of us have been working, 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 building, 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 cleaning, cleaning, cleaning. And let's say you're not, you have not been here doing this. You're still busy. We find, we, we're Americans, we invent ways to be busy. And if we're not busy, we stare at a television or a cell phone for hours to make us feel busy because we don't like the nothing space. So Jesus there's this place that he likes to go, and it's the town of Bethany. And I didn't know anything about it until earlier this year, but it's starting to become more significant to me as I think of a church. Because there's a lot of churches in Lakeland. But I, I want this to be God's favorite church. I, I know that's probably rude. I don't know. <laughs> but I want to be his favorite. Why is that wrong? Why, like, don't. Don't we all want to be great? I want to be great in God's eyes. I want every time that I say the Lord, the Lord moves with like, hey, they're praying, right? Like, I want him to love coming here. And Jesus, when he walked the earth, he favored this little town of Bethany. So much so that he did some really significant miracles there, but he would stay there and come back and stay there. He actually spent the last week of his life there in Bethany. And there's a lot of really cool stories like this one that shows us the heart of the Father. 
Watch this. And as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. And her sister, Mary, sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he had taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner that she was preparing. And she came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister sits here while I do all of the work? Tell her to come and help me. Let me just set the stage for you. Have you found out today that Jesus was coming to your house? Man, that place would be mint. You'd clean even under the couch for the first time in a long time. You know what I'm talking about? Like dinner would be on point. You would Google the best Martha Stewart, no, Paula Deen recipes you could find. That butter. You just add butter and whatever, you know. And it would be wonderful. And this conversation is one that we all have had. I hear my kids nagging all the time about this. But dad, why do they get to do that when I have to do this? And it's really quite remarkable, the response. Tell her to come help me. But in verse 41, but the Lord said to her, dear Martha, you were worried and upset about all these details. There was only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. Y'all need to hear what, the, what Jesus is trying to say about someone that he loves. Martha's doing everyone a favor. Hey, look, no one really wants, no, there's no business that wants to hire Mary, hire Mary in this point. Everyone wants to hire Martha. Martha's the one doing all the work. Everyone's sitting comfortable because of Martha. But Jesus loved the way she adored him. She loved the way she loved him. She loved the time that Mary wanted to just listen. It's like my dog, Chewy. He just loves me. He just... He just, he just, it doesn't matter who comes home. If I come home, my kids could be petting him. They could be feeding him, but he just wants to just look at me. I need you to understand something. The Lord, I watched all of you, and I was so thankful how many of you were so proud of this building. Me too. And I looked, and I saw that sign is perfect, and this is so cool, and that coffee bar, and the way they did those things, and that couch is really cool, and there was compliments everywhere. Everyone was buzzing, but you know what the Lord loves? You. This is, he's not all impressed with stuff. He's not all impressed with the way Rachel sings, or Deb sings, or Logan, the way he plays the drums. He's definitely not impressed with my sermon but you know what he loves? When we look at him, you can say whatever you want, Lord. I'm yours. I need you to know he loves you. And what he wants is you. And what he wants is a church that wants him. <laughs> 
that would give anything for more of him in his life, more of your righteousness, God. If you'll just, everyone else thinks that I'm super Christian, but you really know what's going on in here, God. Help me. I can't, I can't talk to my kids like that. I, Lord, help me to learn how to steward my finances the way you command me. Help me to be more generous and not more coveting. God, you know what's in my heart. And as you begin fasting and seeking the Lord, he'll introduce you to you. As you're reflecting on him. And now you're in the presence of greatness. See, what happens in society is we get on social media and we see all these perfect people. Every one of those things are fake. And we want to be like them and them and them and them and them. But when you start fasting and praying, what happens is your heart abandons everything and you get a true look at you and you behold him and you begin to know what you were called to be. And he loves every minute of your attention. Church, I'm asking you to fast with me. I have a dream. I want to reach people with the gospel of Jesus. I want to take his name and tell people about what it was like when God cleansed my heart of sin. I want to tell people what God can do in their marriage and how their kids are not too far off and how he can redeem their finances and make their path straight. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it. I want to tell them of these miracles. But I know that I know that I know that we can do a lot of great things for the Lord, but what he wants is people whose hearts want him first. So I'm asking you to abandon your lives, your meals, your lunches, and meet with your families and read the word of God. Dear Lord, he's told you to do it a million times. I'm asking you to join me. You don't even have to be good at it. Listen, let me just tell you how many devotions we've done in the Broughton household that ended and I don't even know if we, I don't know what went on there. Kids are rolling around on the floor. The dog bit someone. Like, like what happened, man? I thought it was going to be like perfect. It's not. What it's about is that this matters and we're going to put God first in our life. And you're going to show them, hey, kids, I don't, I don't really know what to do. We're just going to read a couple verses and we're going to pray. Maybe we're going to pick a song and put it on YouTube. I, I don't know. What would it look like if God was first in your home, not second? What would it look like if he had all of your attention? So this is going to be hard. You may get headaches. Let me make sure you understand. Join me in the fast and pray and read your Bible. If you've never fasted before, do not do a 21-day fast with no food. Not smart. Little things. Learn, like, use common sense also. If you've never done a fast before, do a one-day fast. Or skip a couple meals. Or just eat once a day. But don't do damage to your body by trying to obey your pastor. You know what I'm talking about? We're all in different places here. Some people, are, some people not eating food is no sacrifice at all. They're good at that. They starve their body all the time. But what this is all about is learning to shut all the time down and gaze upon the one who wants our focus. Does that make sense?
You guys still love your pastor? Cool. Lord, we just want you. All these people here, they're not here to see a building. I mean, I think it's great, but we're here because we want to know you. Because we want to hear your voice. Because we want you to reestablish direction for our families. Some people here that are asking God, What's next in their education or career? Some people that need a breakthrough in their finances. There's many here that need a breakthrough in their body. There's some that are begging God for an anointing that they can go take the gospel to the nations. Lord, I give you my life. The problem I saw with Israel is that they... They forgot that they got to consecrate themselves for the Lord. Today, Lord, we consecrate our hearts, our lives, our minds, our thoughts to you. And we ask you, Lord, that you would purify us. Today, Lord Jesus, I give you my life. I give you everything. I want to love you more than I love Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. I want to love you more than I love my comfort zone. I want to love you more than I love my couch. I want to obey you, Lord. I'm praying right now for everyone in this room that God would tell you what you can give up this week. Some of you, God's saying, just, I just want you to eat one meal a day. Some of you are saying, you're going to take it three days at a time. Some of you, there's no coffee for you. Some of you, no sugar, no sweets at all, just vegetables, just the terrible green stuff. Lord, I will do my best to obey you. And if I fail, I'll ask you to forgive me, and I'll keep trying. And if it's my birthday, I'll eat, and then I'll, I'll go on again. Is that okay? All right. People have birthdays in January. It's terrible. I'm sorry. Let me just be serious for a second. And every head bowed and every eye in this, closed in this room. There are some of you here, and you can, you can see it. This is beautiful. presence of God is here. And God's calling you. If you're not right with the Lord, you know there's sin in your life. You know, you can fool anyone else, but you're not fooling the Lord. You've not had a prayer life. You're not right with Jesus. With every head bowed and every eye closed, Pastor, I want to confess. I want to get right with Jesus. If that's you, will you raise your hand right now? Uh, that's awesome. 
15, 20 hands up all around this room. God bless you. We're going to end in a time of worship today. Before we do, maybe we just spend a couple minutes praying. The only thing I dream about is people that are hungry for God. Jesus, I pray you teach us how to hunger and thirst for righteousness so we would be filled. God, I want to lust after you. I want to crave you, God, with all of my heart. I want to crave your presence, your voice, your power, your word. I pray all across this room right now, you'd give us a love for the word of God, a love for the word of God. Raise your hand right now if you want God to give you a renewed passion for Jesus' word. Lord, you see our hearts right there. We're confessing, God. Lord, I want to love your word. Wash us, God, with your word. Wash us 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 with your word. Holy moment, God. Only you can put inside of us a desire to hear from you. We want you, God. Show us how to change our schedules. Early in the morning or join us every weeknight from 6.30 to 7.30. We'll be here praying. Lord, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. Lord, I thank you for this building. I thank you for these buildings in front of me, these temples. God, you're good. All right. This is how we're going to close the service. Um, I'm really excited about this. Watch this, guys. This is going to be so cool. Uh, well, the fast, we're going to do three things every day. Um, we're, it's going to be on the app, and it'll be posted tonight by 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock tonight, all of you should get a text. If you don't have the app, download the app or bother someone who is on the app and ask them. But we'll have a reading plan from the Life Church Bible app that's on your phone. You already have the Life Church Bible app on your phone. But they have a devotion on there. We'll all read together. They have a little teaching about fasting and a few verses. And then we're going to ask you to, to pray a topic with us. The whole church will pray for the same thing every day. And, and then if you want to join us, we'll be here between 6.30 and 7.30. Now, there's not a lot of us that will show up during the weeknight. Or maybe it's 10 or, and, and, and whatever. But you can pray from anywhere. You can do it from your car. You can do it at your kitchen table. You can pray anywhere. But I'm asking you to join me in this fast. It'll be good for you. It'll be good for us. Uh, but... This is my favorite thing. I'm so excited about this right now, Teresa. I can't believe I'm getting it. I'm not supposed to be happy right now. This is why we're practicing. We're going to dismiss everyone to go and be friends with people over there so that we can have an altar time right here. Watch this. 
And so what I'm going to ask you is don't stand up and get excited and hug your neighbor. Don't do that. No, we, don't, we want to create a culture of like, this is a sacred moment, and you can be dismissed. And we built this big old massive lobby over there with these sweet couches. You can stay as long as you want, and then we'll tell you about the mentorship in the Next Steps class, and uh, it'll be pretty cool. Does that make sense to everyone? Some of you here today really need prayer, and uh, uh, we want you to stay for prayer. We're going to have some of our prayer altar workers, some of our prayer partners come down front, and uh, Christmas has been hard for a lot of folks, you know. This se- Christmas season's been hard, and some of you mentally are exhausted. Some of you physically are exhausted. Some of you financially are exhausted, and uh, we just want to ask you guys to come down, and uh, we want to lay hands on you and pray. We're going to sing a couple songs. If you want to just stay in your seat and worship, and uh, that'd be great. But we're going to ask you, um, all of you, to go get your kids in a few minutes. Uh, send someone to go get them. And stay with them. Don't let them run around the church like we used to do. It's not good. I'm just happy today. I'm having a good day today. Don't judge me. Lord, I want you. And I thank you for all my brothers and sisters that are here today and they've been struggling. I pray your spirit falls on them even right now. Some of them, they just don't feel like you're done yet. You just want to stay and worship. Me too. Lord, I thank you for our church. I thank you that this place is beautiful to you and that you love to visit this house. And we love when you do. I pray your spirit would be upon all your sons and daughters today and you'd go with them and you would teach them how to pray again in their lives and you would stir up a desire to be close to you, to hear your voice, to know you. I thank you, God. I bless them with a passion for Jesus and all God's people said, amen. I love you guys. You can, you can go out there and hang out. You can come down front worship or you can stay right there and hang out. I love you. Thank you for joining us at The Way today. Our prayer is that through a relationship with Jesus, you would know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit us online at thewaylakeland.com or by visiting our Facebook page at The Way Lakeland or Instagram page at The Way Church Lakeland.